Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 139. With just over a week to go, we're looking at fitness, fatigue and how the final preparations are coming along. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Not long to go now. I think, Dan, is it uh, about a week? Next week? No, is it next weekend? Yeah, I think it it's, it's a, a week Sunday. A week on uh, Sunday. First test, England-Wales at uh, HQ. Yes, indeed. It's and, and that's when the World Cup really kind of gets going, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's when it is. I wonder when he'll announce the team. I think it's the day after, so Monday morning. Uh no, as it announced the team for that uh, for that test. Uh, I'd imagine the, this coming yeah. Thursday. It's usually the Thursday. Yeah. Before, oh, well, it's a Sunday game, so maybe it'll be Friday. It's usually a few days before, isn't it? Yeah, which is standard. And uh, by the way, hi guys, how are you? Oh, Dan, uh, did you not get a chance to say hello at the beginning? I, I didn't. Sorry, mate. I was getting I, I'm too excited. I'm too excited about what's coming up, mate. This is this is the start of it all. This is where it now becomes real. This is real business, son. It is. It is. Uh, team obviously announced, will be announced soon. We will delve into that when we know more. Um, and we're probably trying, we've got, we're going to get an episode out next week, possibly before the team gets announced. Um, so, you know, we can put together some predictions, although I don't think that really is necessary. It's, uh, I think, that, well, well, let's go, go back to the question you asked uh, a few weeks ago. What sort of team is Eddie going to put out for that first game? So I reckon, I reckon first game in, you go strong, you go big, you go your your best fifteen. So, well, yeah. So, so basically, what what we he would consider his t- test twenty three is what you think he's going to pick for that for that match. That's what I reckon he does for the first one. I reckon when we go back to Wales a week after, maybe you then go your sort of more B team. But I reckon the first one is your test fifteen. Okay, so we'll we'll uh, we'll have a think about that, and we'll yeah we'll put together our prediction for what that's going to be um, try and get an episode out uh, slightly earlier next week and then obviously on the Sunday we'll have the live um, we'll have the live game and that of course is not Sunday coming in a few days it's the one after but um, yeah we'll, uh, we'll we'll I can't I'm looking forward to getting back into the live games it's, it feels like it's been too long since there was last any rugby mate it's been far too long it's been you know, we're talking a matter of weeks, which is far too long. I mean, England rugby, mate. <laughs> England rugby, yeah. Last one must have been, well, Six Nations. So here we are. This is it. This is what we've built up for the last two years. And I'm pretty excited about it. I've, I've actually been following it quite a lot. There's there's a not, not huge amount and nothing sort of earth shattering, but there are a few bits to cover. Um, yeah. Well, before we crack on with those, let me just quickly, we've had another review, which is always nice. Um, and uh, you know we like to like to read these out. So this is from calls himself a law enforcement, but he also calls himself Clive. Uh, five, five stars. Listening in Canada is the title. He says, "Hi guys, I really enjoy listening to the pod while walking my border collie over here in Vancouver. Uh, great analysis and insightful comments. Nice to hear from fellow committed England fans. Keep up the great work, Clive. Five stars." Nice. Thanks, Clive. I appreciate that. So we always enjoy getting those, reading them out. Um, so, yeah, keep them coming. And um, as I say every week, guys, if you 
if you can head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Um, also, you can reach out to us at England Rugby Pod or England Rugby Pod at gmail.com if you prefer to email. Um, but yeah, so a few a few things going on in the in the England camp or around the England camp. Um, obviously, most notably, there've been some injuries and people trying to get back to full fitness. And Brad Shields obviously dropped out last week. What's going on? Well, so so I think we can deal with this in slightly different. So the Brad Shields thing was interesting. When I think last week when he dropped out, we said he's probably done for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But actually, the latest article suggests that maybe he isn't. Maybe there is still a chance he'll go. So I had a look at that article and I did a bit of a time frame. So they're saying he's in a race to prove his fitness before the opening test, right? So four to six weeks. Let's say it's six weeks from when the article was written which takes it to roughly the 10th of September. Now, the first match is not till the 22nd of September, but do you risk Do you risk the fact that he, will his fitness be up to scratch? Will he have been enough a part of the camp, bearing in mind he's been sent home to have, you know, done all the World Cup preparation? I, it, you, you've, missed, you've missed the bulk of conditioning because he got injured on like day one or two of it. Uh, over in Treviso, you will have missed all of the warm-up games and you'll have missed the point at which the camp becomes about now create the bonding amongst the the, the, the kind of the group. Um, and the fact that you only just come over from New Zealand, you know, you're not going to be quite as ingrained with the, with the lads as some of the others yet. Yeah, I so, so, so that's exactly what I agree with. I, I think... I think it might be if if we're talking. So if that was a Jack Null, which again we can cover in a minute, or like you know they're saying Owen Farrell or something, then yeah, of course you make those adjustments. But is Brad Shields has he? This is nothing against him personally, but is, is he integral enough for, to be I think, given well, that you, much? You and way? I, you and I have been have been I think reasonably vocal on our not our opinion of him, but but you know our opinion of his selection over others. Um, and I think we both agreed that we probably wouldn't take him, but we thought Eddie probably would. But I feel like he was right on the on the fence. Um, I just don't see that, you know, a player, you know, unless Eddie sees something, seeing something completely different, I think a player that's will he, won't he, who's kind of on the, on the fringe a little bit, um, that then has this situation, unfortunately, he's got to miss out, surely. I, I think so. My my only slight hesitation with that. So to me, Brad Shields is your workhorse. He He's going to sort of almost fill a Chris Robshaw role. Yeah. Um, whereas Don Brandt, who's coming in this place, is probably a lot more of an impact player. Like he, he will probably make more of a difference, you know, even if you look at him as a finisher type player. But without Brad Shields, are you, are you short at six or... I mean, I know we're big fans of having both Curry and Underhill playing at the same time, which I think would work. But otherwise, your only real six who is your sort of type workhorse who does all the dog work is Wilson. Is is that enough? But then equally, it's not really because you can put a Maratoja there should you need if or a Courtney Laws or something, perhaps for the Tonga game or the USA game or something. I mean, when you when you say, you know, you've only got a Wilson... It's not a bad 
only no, no, Wilson, Wilson's awesome. I, d- I don't mean from a point of view of him. I mean from a point of view of fatigue. So if you're looking at Curry, Underhill, Wilson, is Don Brandt a six or is he an eight? Uh, Don, well, so Don Brandt's been playing. He can play sort of anywhere back row, but I, I think he that they're not. He can be a six or an eight. I don't think he can be a seven, but he can be a six or an eight. Do you know who'd be ideal? Tell me, Don Armand. Don Armand would be ideal. Uh, unfortunately, he's not in the mix. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think maybe you take because of what you just said, because of our flexibility in the second row. I think you don't you don't necessarily do anything else. I mean, he might take Don Brandt as cover because he can cover back row across. Well, you can cover six and eight, and at the moment, Billy's the only um, out and out eight in contention. So maybe that's another reason to take him. Um, and and maybe Eddie felt that Brad Shields could potentially cover eight, although I'm not convinced. I think more often than not in those situations, Brad Shields would move to the second row, and someone you know you just end up moving too much around. So I think I think if he's going to take a punt, then Don Brandt goes as as cover for eight, but you know can always step in elsewhere if needed. And actually, you look at Curry and Underhill as the sevens with the potential to do what we'd like to see and have them both playing. Wilson is the six, but you know you've got six cover in Itoje, in Laws, um, and potentially in Don Brandt. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think they've got enough. Yeah, I think so. To, to me, I think I think you probably need to leave Brad Shields out because I think it's probably too much of a gamble. And maybe if it is for four weeks and he's back at full fitness... He's still in with a shout. If it's for six weeks, I think it's too late. If it's any later, I think you're definitely um, in. I, I, I don't think you can take the risk on him. I, I don't think. I think he's a brilliant player. And I think given time, actually, I think he seems to be getting better and better in an England shirt. But I just think it. he's too much of a, not risk, risk is the wrong word, but he, he's Un- just too much. Unknown mu- entity. Well, he's just not integral enough to take that much of like of a risk for. And normally the thing that he'd have going for him is he had the best beard. But having watched the latest Rising Suns episode, Joe Muller's beard is looking absolutely epic. So Fierce, fierce beards. Yeah, so he's, 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 he's missing out there as well. Of so course, the other, the other option at six is also in current recovery in, uh, of course, Jack Null. I thought he was a seven option, or was it a six? I don't know. Just the workhorse thing makes me assume six. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, although in fairness, sevens, sevens are no slouches. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, being serious, of course, Jack Knoll has left camp. Uh, it was pre-planned, so it's not something that everyone needs to freak out about and go, "Oh no, he's been dropped because it's you know, or, or you know, he's not going to get fit enough in time." It was always planned. He was always going back. It's for a post-surgical kind of review. Um, and they sound reasonably optimistic um, that it's that it's going to go to plan and that he'll be back in back in the mix. So I don't know whether he'll go back out to Treviso before... Ne- is it, in fact, is it tomorrow or is it next Friday? So, so, so tomorrow they finish their first of two training camps, allegedly. But their first um, of two training camps, one after the other, or, or they're coming back tomorrow? That's it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, it must be one after the other, right? Because... Why would in that just, be two just over a week, in just over a week, they they're playing at Twickenham. But I wonder whether they've got another training camp after the warm up games, as a you know, just before the World Cup. Oh, possibly, possibly that's a good chat. Um, so yeah, I suspect Noel won't be heading back. 
but um, but he's been like the fact that he's been involved whilst being injured. It's pretty clear what the what the the feelings are regarding him. We just need that green light, don't we? And then uh, and and then he can go and do what he does. Yeah, the fact that with Jack Noll, the fact that they say that he's um he's unlikely to play in the first warm up game. You're like. Yeah, okay, so, so that sounds like so. he's likely to play in the other three and there's still a yeah. chance he could be available for the first one. So that to me says that right now we're not worrying about the World Cup itself. He's going to be there. And he's one He's one of those players that you would let him be injured until the day that you leave for the World Cup and you'd still take him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Jack, Jack Noll is integral. So He's huge. So yeah, so actually our, our two injury worries are not so much injury injury worries at all. Uh, Jack Noel, we think, is probably going to be fine. Mako, I assume, is uh, doing all right. I haven't heard any. I don't know what the latest is on him. Um, so, so watching the latest Rising Suns, Mako was training and doing so. I think Mako's fine. And fine. I, 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 Cruz is back I, in training as well. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Cruz is back in training. So it's looking, it's looking strong. We like in, injury worries are not huge by any means. Um, we we look as if we might have. A pretty much full squad to pick from. The Jack Noel thing, though, um, when they said he was like sent home part of the plan, I, I don't doubt that's true, but it does seem a bit weird that that wasn't not shared earlier. I mean, purely because when he's sent home, that's bound to cause speculation. And I know Eddie doesn't really match about this much, but why give yourself more drama if you don't need it? So there is part of me that wonders yeah, whether, but maybe that's maybe that is intentionally planned. I mean, if you if you, if the media suddenly go, oh my god, what's going on with Jack Noel? And you get to go, oh, don't worry, he's he's absolutely fine. It's a it's a routine test. It's like you're you're providing a positive answer. Whereas yeah. obviously, you know, if if they were to ask questions of you know Mike Brown, for example, saying that training is really tough, they might start saying, you know. If he's, you know, is Eddie pushing them too hard again? And and then you've got to kind of defend a, a negative. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. By not saying anything, Jack Noel goes home. Everyone goes, oh my god, what's going on? You get to go. Don't worry, he's fine. You know, all's good. And you're kind of creating positive, positive media. Um, I, I'm speculating myself. I have no, no idea if that has any uh, any bearing on what they're doing. If there's been any thought process, or if in fact they just decided. Uh, that they you know they'd forgotten to mention it. No, but I, li- I like your approach. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Mike Brown um, article, and I believe it was sort of brought up in the um, in the Rising Suns episode four that you watched. Um, it sounds like uh, like the training out there is tough. I mean, it's, we we kind of we wanted it to be tough, and the whole point is that it's about uh, conditioning yourselves for what the. Uh, conditions are going to be like in Japan, and they're supposedly very similar. Um, but with the heat, with the heat wave that Europe's had recently, it, it must be horrible. Um, I think uh, Brown was saying that typically in a in a training session, he he won't lose any weight. Uh, in a test match, he might lose a kilo um, just because of the intensity. He says in training out in Treviso, he's losing three kilos per session. Now I don't know if that's a reflection on how hard he has worked in the past. Maybe, maybe he's experienced what, experiencing what it is to work hard for the first time. Since, you know, after he was dropped and he's been given, you know, the door is, is ajar again. But um, it sounds like it's pretty hard work. He, it was, they were saying that um, 
they so they have nutritionists who nutritionists who weigh them before and after hence knowing the the weight loss and then literally they come off they look at how much how much weight they've lost and they there and then they'll create them a, a sort of a, a, a nutrition plan and go right you need to go and eat this 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 and this and you need to drink this much water go and do it and put all that weight back on again in the next hour so so a few things there firstly um why are you mugging off mike brown one of your one of your quinn's brethren um and three kilograms to lose in one training session is shit loads that's that's over six and a half pounds i think i think it's 2.2 pounds that is especially for mike brown who is a trim guy anyway like he's in great shape anyway for him to lose three kilograms is a lot what's billy losing billy might be billy's probably losing about 25 26 kg are we thinking um and tell him that to his face <laughs> yeah, what about Mako? <laughs> oh dear God, yeah, Mako. Mako is literally losing a Titanic every training session, but that that training is tough. They are they are putting themselves through the paces, and it was something I was chatting with uh, the other day about some like to a mate, uh, one of the guys I used to play rugby with and chatting to, and he was chatting about the England team and saying what we got to remember. Like a lot of people slag them off. This is actually their job. Do you know anyone else in any other job who's puts themselves through that much effort for their work? So, you know, although, yes, it's a privilege for them to play there, the reason they play there is because they've earned it and they deserve it. So I, I think we've got to remember how much these guys are giving towards it as well. So, you, you know, just want to say to the boys, like, great effort, guys. For, you, you know, please keep it up. And there's fans. Thank you very much for the sort of dedication and commitment you're putting towards this. Uh Agreed, but also I would say to your friend that uh, you know, yes, it is their job, and no, I don't know many people that would put in that much effort. But I don't know that many people who get paid that same amount either. Uh, and those, and those that I do know that are earning that kind of money do put in that kind of effort because that's the only way you get it. So what 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 we said about winning arguments with facts, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, I think there's, I, I agree with you. I think you know. We, we should we should uh, what's the word should we be grateful um impressed uh, they they should be doing this i think if if any of them was to say that they weren't prepared to do it you'd have serious questions to ask um so i, I don't think that i don't think that this article was a complaint in any way i think it was just observational you know mike brown was just commenting on the fact that yes yeah, it's, it's tough completely um yeah they probably love it uh, as tough as it is um, and hopefully it's going to stand England in good stead for the World Cup. But I, I yeah, we, I, I would argue to your friend that um, you know that's all well and good, but it's a different type of job, paying a different type of salary, and with all the bonuses and everything else that go with it. Um, it's yeah, you see, you still get other jobs like bankers and things who you know will be earning. But, Ten but, times more than they are. Well, are they putting in the same effort? Maybe they are. Maybe I, was, they are. I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't think even in in banking, I don't think you earn that kind of money without putting in the effort. I think you know we're you know, when people complain about the bankers and the bankers' bonuses. First and foremost, they don't all get that that money. You know that those of huge course. bonuses go to the top one percent, and the top one percent only get them because literally they put their lives on hold to focus on nothing but. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think I think the guy, the the, you know, the people, I think football's the exception. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe, but uh, yeah, having said that, that's fair. One, one of our best mates is uh, 
fairly high and broken. And in fairness to him, he works like an absolute dog and reap, reaps, reaps the rewards. rewards. Yep, so fair enough. So yeah, 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 you get out what you put in, and um, you know, and if if and I think yeah, therefore expectations should be that these guys are working their asses off, um, and hopefully we all get to enjoy um, the results of that hard work. So we shall see. Um, but, so, yeah. so, so, so on that point, what I wanted to ask you, like bearing in mind this fitness campaign, who do you reckon is the fittest player, like stamina wise? Who do you reckon's the fittest player in the England team? Hmm, uh, it's going to be a forward, I would think. Uh, I've got, I've got two down who I reckon. Uh, I mean, maybe someone like a Tom Curry because he's got age on his side as well, and as we know, he was one of mine. There's yeah. a there's an age. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what it is, but there's an age where you <laughs> suddenly go, "Holy shit, I'm old now, and everything that I used to be able to do, I can't do anymore." Mate, I'll tell you exactly what that age is. Thirty. <laughs> the day you hit thirty, I was just like. In my 20s, I was like, oh, this is all bullshit. This is all bullshit. The day I hit 30, I was like, oh, this is tough. In our, 20s, then, uh, in our 20s, we used to wake up and go, should we do an all day? Yeah, okay. And we'd go and have a boozy breakfast and then just drink all day and go to bed. And we'd wake up the next morning and go, should we do it again? Now, <laughs> yeah, now I, I'm, I have, I'm not doing that now. <laughs> now I'll, I'll have, you know, more than two glasses of wine. And I'm like, oh, that's me done for three days. Well, I... I, I... I think you can handle more than that. You're, you're, you can drink a fair bit, but if you have a night out, yeah, it, it does tend to uh, put us out of action for a little while. Um, and that's just, yeah, the boozing. Um, couldn't tell you what it would be like to try and do a rugby training session. I haven't done one of them in about 15 years. I'm sure I'd be pretty good at it, mate. But um, No, well, well I'll, I'll tell you a word for that, mate. I'll tell you a word for that. Probably um, for the best. So- so, yeah, I had Tom Curry and Maro Toje. I have no idea if this is right. Yeah. This is who I reckon would be the fittest. But I think I think in those in, in both of those examples, you know, they're both young guys who have that that advantage over, you know, some of the older boys. Um, no, no, none of them are that old. Let's face it. We're, when no, we no, say but, the older boys, we're, we're still thinking the old, they've but, still got 10 years on us. Yeah, but, but we're pushing 40, so... Yeah, yeah, true. The the, 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 old, the the older boys there could could be twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, they're they're on the they're on that kind of cusp of turning thirty, which is the uh, the dreaded point where fitness becomes tougher. And I mean, that's probably where someone like a Robshaw, you know, who is a workhorse, but it's that it just it's not that it can't be done. It just becomes that much harder to do it, doesn't it? And that much harder to maintain that, those fitness levels. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Curry and or Atoje are the hardest working in terms of maintaining that fitness. I think probably with, with them, an element of that is, you know, comes naturally. Um, but, I, you know, I, th- I don't think, I think all of them are, are working their asses off. And clearly by the feedback that's coming out of camp and from the, you know, these these videos that are floating around, you can see that they are all working hard. And as I keep saying, I just, I look forward to seeing that hopefully paying off. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there are any major differences between the different nations and how they've gone about um, preparing for the World Cup. Um, yeah, uh, I and obviously pe- both, people these Wales days push Ireland. hard. Yeah, so you know, Clive Woodward showed that fitness is is vital uh, to success, and um, you know, any team that wants to genuinely compete, and I think a lot of the the lower tier nations 
this is one of the areas where they're probably going to strike. Well, I guess this is one of the areas that there's no reason why they can't compete at the same level. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You know, in the past, it's always been that the the lower tier nations struggle in the last twenty minutes. But I guess there's no reason whatsoever why, you know, even a team lying twentieth in the world couldn't be as fit as the team in you know in first place. Um, and and maybe that creates a more competitive environment if they can keep up whatever it is they can keep up for the full eighty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not anti that. But on, on the other on the other end of the spectrum, then who do you reckon's the least fit in our team? Oh, Marla. No, I don't say I don't think he is. No. I think Marla secretly is or fitter than Mako because he's been injured. Possibly, I've got. I, I think Don Brandt is still going yeah, out every yeah, night yeah. with his uni mates and is getting he? smashed up. No, he wouldn't. Uh, of course, of course, he's not. I was going to say, I don't, don't think they'd be allowing that. No, um, no, no. Of course, of course, he's not. But um, I think I think Don Brandt's probably. Because he's less used to the environment, but I'm sure he's adapting well because he's a young fella. I, do you know? I think the margins are so small because I think it's such an elite sport now that they're all they're all in such good condition generally that I just think yeah, to pick up most fit and least fit, you know, it's not like back in the old days where you could say that Brian Moore or <laughs> if, sorry if you're listening, um, Jeff Robin, <laughs> you know, was the was the least fit then. You know, these days that they're all they're all up there, and they're all being given training programs that are designed for them individually. It's it's you know personal trainers, and so they're they're, they're all going to be in pretty good shape. Um, let's move away from fitness. Um, okay, okay. And it, you know, there's probably not a lot more to talk about until the teams announced, and we can start focusing on the actual games. But of course, the rugby championship is going on at the moment. Um, there were. We obviously talked about Argentina and New Zealand, and we talked about the fact that Argentina ran New Zealand close, um, you know, two weeks ago, uh, 2016 to New Zealand. That one, uh, perhaps it felt a little bit like New, like New Zealand didn't really turn up for that. South Africa dicked Australia. Then this weekend just gone a little bit different. New Zealand South Africa was very interesting, mate. South Africa are contenders. Massive contenders, and they've got a lot of momentum as well. They they are looking very very good at nine. Their talent at nine is just stupid. I I mean they're actually starting to show off now how good they are at nine. Um, because they've got Fafter Clerk, they've got I I don't know how to pronounce names. Is it Yanchis or yeah, the guy right, yeah. who scored that try? I mean they are absolute. Both of them absolute world class players, and they are. I mean, is there Spring a danger that if good. you if you can, uh, you know, if they have one one kind of outstanding person like that, and I'm not saying that the others aren't, but if they've got someone who's that far ahead of the rest uh, in terms of what they bring, is there a danger that teams can come up with strategies to shut them down? Well, that, that's the thing. Not that that's easy to do, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they have that. I don't, I don't think that's the case though, because I think I think they're strong. All round, I think their pack is looking pretty damn good. Um, I I think South Africa are starting to look good all round. I I think South Africa are actually really like uh, what's it? Andre Pollard, um, they're ten. He's a quality quality player. Um, South Africa to me are. As much a threat as the All Blacks at the moment. 
Interesting. Okay, so so looking at the other game then, um, Australia have been pretty poor for some time. Um, Argentina ran New Zealand to four points, but only but Australia beat Argentina by six. Do we think this is Australia showing signs of improvement, or were both teams really poor, or did Argentina just happen to have a really good game against New Zealand, or did New Zealand just happen to have a really poor game against Argentina? I, I think a mixture of all. Firstly, don't forget this was in Australia. Yeah. Um, which, which does does help. Um, Australia Australia have quality players. They've got. What the problem with Australia at the moment is they've had uh, some players who've just been absolute arseholes, um, and are causing a lot of a lot of crap for them. Um, Israel for now, just in case anyone's wondering. I think we got. Um, I think we got. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Uh, but they've still got quality players and they still play well. And they are a stronger team than Argentina. I think Argentina, a lot would have been taken out of Argentina in that match against the All Blacks, but they still were within one score of Australia who are still a good team, even though they're not playing well. So I think it's a mixture of everything. Um, Argentina are a threat. I don't think Argentina could win it because I don't think they could consistent. I think one off they could beat sort of a top team, but I don't think they could beat a top team two or three times in a row. Um, I don't think Australia could either at the moment. So really, but, we we need France, who I believe play, well, who definitely play Argentina before before we do. Uh, no, they don't, do they? When do we play? Uh, yeah, I think we play Argentina in our penultimate game of the, of the group stages. I believe so, yeah. I um, can't remember exactly all the... So France, and we play France last, so... France will have to play Argentina in one of the first couple of games. So we need France to run them close. We need France to have a good game against them and to run them close. And then, you know, the result will be what it will be. But basically take a bit out of them. Yeah, I mean... So that we, their one great game isn't against us. So France-Argentina is their first match. It's uh, the day before our first match. So France oh, play Argentina okay. like the Saturday, the 21st of September. Um so I think by the time we play Argentina, that is actually fairly irrelevant. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I think the point is Argentina, I, I would back us 19 times out of 20, but Argentina can beat us. Yeah, I mean, look, I, to be honest, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, I actually got bored. So I don't think either Australia or Argentina were that exciting to watch. I don't know it was that exciting to watch. Not like the New Zealand South Africa game, which was... Um, Thrilling. Um, I think, yeah, 16-10 to Australia. Could have been 16-10 to Argentina. It just wasn't uh, a great spectacle. I think it's all about New Zealand and South Africa. Um, and I'm not sure who I'd rather play, to be genuine, perfectly honest. I mean, I know that New Zealand number one in the world, but I feel like... I feel like South Africa have upset us too many times in the past, whereas in New Zealand it was almost you'd almost be going in as the underdog on paper, um, which gives you an advantage when when it's close. So I'd almost rather play New Zealand in say a semi final than South Africa. I so my thing is I don't think I would ever. <laughs> rather play New Zealand yeah than anyone else That that's where because, just Wait, because I mean, look, it doesn't matter it's going to be England New Zealand in the final assuming that that's possible um, to be a, a, a repeat of the Cricket World Cup final 
Um, and England are going to win on um, penalty shootout. Does that go? That's a good point. Does that get? Does that happen? So say yeah. yeah. So, uh, so at the end of if it, at the end of full time, if it's a draw, does it go to the kick for post? At the end of full time, if it's a draw, it goes to kick for posts. And no, at the end of it goes to extra time. I mean, at, at the, the end, end of it. Sorry, time. yes, yeah. At the end of extra time, if it's still a draw, it goes to kick to posts, which it would have done in two thousand and three, as well. Wow. Um, and it's only happened a few times, but I have watched it, and it's just every kick is in front of the posts on the twenty-two. So they don't move around. Every kick is is on the 20, 22 line in front of the posts and you have your first five kickers as you would in a normal penalty shootout. And then once it goes to sudden death, which inevitably it will, um, because your kickers should be slotting them from the 22 in front of the posts, um, you then work your way through the team till, till eventually your props are having a crack. Holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine? I hope that doesn't happen because I think it's a bit of a shit way for rugby to a result to be decided. But um. and and I think New Zealand would my my personal opinion on that would uh, New Zealand would have more rounded, core skilled players in terms of having the advantage in a shootout. Yeah. Oh, with that on paper for sure. I think it just. But I think in that, that situation, anyone can do it. You know, every single player in every single position has had a crack at goal before. They know the basics of it. And I think it just comes down to who's got the nerve. Because, you know, actually there's more pressure on the kickers, the ones who have, have done a bit in the past, or the ones that don't kick, but, you know, say, oh, I used to kick at school and I still have a practice messing around. I can do it. And then, of course, it's like, right, don't mess this up. I'd almost rather not. I, I, I used to hate kicks in front of the posts. I would Really? Always, yeah, I, I'd always prefer to be about... I don't know, between five and ten, not ten, five metres either side. Dead, dead in front, it was like if you put any, you know, if you pull it at all, you can pull it past the post. Didn't like it. Obviously, when you can, when, it, when it's a, a try, you can stick it so close that you can't miss. But, you know, if it was a penalty in front of the post, not, not so much fun. Oh, that's interesting. I never... Um... I don't... Yeah, that's interesting. I never, like, in front of a post... Where... I was always like sweet, whereas it was. Um, I'm not talking out in the corners, but you know, just off, just off centre was was good for me. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The kick, but either way, that, that's. I think we're probably going uh, going into the realms of the very unlikely, um, very unlikely scenarios. Yes, we are. So we're going to move on. Um, okay, look, let's just to close it up then. Um, Obviously, yeah, England-Wales on the 10th. Uh, sorry, on the 11th, isn't it? On the Sunday. Yeah, it's um, on the Sunday, yeah. So that's massive. So on the 10th, day before, um, be sure to have a look out and see how Australia get on against New Zealand in Australia. Um, and also Argentina going to host South Africa. So that'll be interesting to see you know, what Argentina can do against another strong side after what they did with New Zealand. Because it feels like there's, they're waiting to do something. So... Um, We'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that and report back. But uh, but yeah, obviously all eyes will be on Twickenham, England against Wales in the opening World Cup warm-up test match. One of four before England win the World Cup. Of course, of course. And I think so. I think next week's probably we probably wait till the Thursday or Friday till they've announced the team, right? And then we, uh... yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, we, we'll we'll have a think because it depends whether we want to make a prediction. But as I say, 
it, it may be a bit obvious and it's been narrowed down pretty heavily, so it might be worth waiting um, and then discussing uh, the team itself. But of course, we do, we do our pre uh, our pre match discussion on in the live episode, don't we? So we need to decide how we're going to do it. But we'll you're, you're going to get two episodes next week. One will be a normal one, and one will be the game itself. So uh, make sure you tune in and start spreading the word because this is when it all starts to. Uh, this is when it all starts to get going. Yeah, mate. Th- this is good. This is where this is where things are sort of fun and enjoyable, and this is where we are gonna have an amazing few months. And we stop repeating ourselves, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. Uh, guys, uh, thanks so, so much for tuning in and sticking with us through this um, this sort of uh, off season uh, period. But um, hopefully, the wait will have been worth it. Um, the next few months are going to be pretty special. Um, keep tuning in. Keep spreading the word. As I said at the beginning, if you get a chance, rate us, review us on iTunes. That would be amazing. Um, also, if you want to get in touch, if you've got anything you want to share, uh, if you just want to let us know what you think or if you've got questions you want to ask us, um, you can email us uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com or you can reach out on social media at englandrugbypod. Um, and we will look forward to hearing from you. Excellent. Thanks very much, guys.